The following program is brought to you by Podcast One Sportsnet. Don't forget to download our new Podcast One app. Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is RJ Bell. That's right. And this is our special NFL early preview. This is an annual tradition. What does it mean? Well, it means it's NFL. It means we're previewing from a Vegas perspective, as always. And it means that it's early, meaning, hey, it's not even mid-July yet. Camps haven't even started yet, but the odds and the betting has started. So what you're going to get is our best perspective from our wise guy roundtable. To my right, I say he's the most famous better active in the world. I know he's the best NFL handicapper, only guy to win two Super Contests he did it back-to-back just to show off Steve Fezzik. In front of me, an NFL expert, Stephen Nover, and a player expert. It's a great synergy with these guys because Fez is more of a market guy, more of a macro guy, and Nover, quite frankly, is more of a player guy. And together, you're getting the best of both worlds. We also have to my left, Brad Powers. Brad is a college specialist, as I like to say, the guy with all the college knowledge. But those college players become NFL players, and he's got some insight to offer. And as usual, in the shadows, Mackie, I'm RJ Bell. And guys, here's what we're going to do. We did a lot of prep for this show, and the question was, what format to provide it to you in. And here's what we decided. The best way to bet before the season starts is over under win totals. So we've got Nover and we got Fezzik combined with 10 different teams that they've bet and still would bet at the current number. That's what's important to remember with these win totals. These win totals change a lot. And it might seem like, oh, you know, it was six and a half and everyone liked the over and now it's seven and my, you know, over minus 120. What's the difference? It's all the difference in the world. So these guys have been giving you win total picks and bets for a couple months now, but we're here on Tuesday in mid July. And I told him, I don't want to hear about some bet that was good three weeks ago. And they came up with 10 bets. They would bet now if they hadn't already bet it. And two of those 10 best bets, one from Fez, one from the nitty professor. But we're going to build a lot of the storyline talk. Is Tom Brady old? How good is Wentz going to be off his injury, et cetera, into those 10 teams. In addition We're going to have the biggest storylines here in July from the other teams, the non-10 bets that are mispriced right now in the win total market. And Nova showing 
his player expertise. He has listed 1 to 32, the 32 starting NFL quarterbacks, and how much each of them is worth relative to his backup. And let me tell you, we're going to go over the top seven. And we're going to have Fez's biggest disagreement, mine, Brad, and Mackie's going to storm in. He already said, elbow Fez out of the way, take his mic, and give his biggest disagreement. And we're going to talk about some of the other surprises on this list. Because there's a couple. It's gonna You won't believe where he's got Brady. It is going to shock you. And maybe most shocking of all is going to be the quarterback at the top of Nover's list is officially, in his mind, we'll debate it, the most valuable quarterback in NFL history. No quarterback. Johnny Unitas, Bart Starr, doesn't matter. None of them, if Nover's right, none of them as valuable as his number one quarterback this year. And you're going to be shocked. I mean, shocked about who it is. Showtime! Let's start with those quarterbacks. And we're going to do the countdown first. Seven. As we're going in reverse order, seven, six, five, four, three, two, then one. And as we have our disagreements, and Brad actually disagrees with number six, we'll jump in there and then talk about the others because actually three of the four disagreements are outside of the top seven. So a lot of quarterback talk. All right, Nover, your seventh most valuable quarterback in the NFL. I have Ben Roethlisberger. I believe he's worth, in my mind, nine and a half points to the Steelers. And I base that opinion largely on the backup, Landry Jones, who I think is just incapable of doing anything positive for that Steeler offense. And he nullifies the greatness of Antonio Brown. Uh, and so I just uh, I don't like Landry Jones at all. That's why I rate Big Ben so valuable. Now, a few weeks ago, we really disagreed about Big Ben only being seventh. I noticed you kind of had a passive-aggressive dig in there. It's like, well, Big Ben's seventh, but he's actually, uh, you know, it's more about how bad the backup is. So if we were just drafting the quarterbacks for one year, so age isn't an issue, we're drafting the quarterbacks for one year, this would be a different ranking because it doesn't matter how good your backup is. The old joke is how good, how much was Joe Montana worth about a half a point when Steve young was his backup. So it's all relative. No doubt about that. And your point was, Oh, big Ben's kind of worth more ranking seventh because of how bad the backup is. So you're saying big Ben is worth worse than your seventh best quarterback. Yes. Uh, If you're just going by those rankings, I have Ben ranked 11th. 11th. Right. I take into consideration the backup. It's very valuable. No, no, forget that. I got that part. Okay. I'm saying if we were having another conversation, rank the quarterbacks 1 to 32, not to relative value, you would have 10 quarterbacks ahead of Big Ben. Yes. Wow. Fez, speak up. Big Ben's my number five quarterback. Uh, Not just a pure rank. Pure ranking, snake draft. I pick Ben fifth. So, Nover, let me ask you a question. Ben's in his prime, right, guys? I, I think he's a little past his prime. Would you agree? I, I think Brady's past his prime. I think Rogers is past his prime. Brees is past his prime. What does that mean? You, you, oh, all right. You think Ben's great on the road? 
A good quarterback is good at both at home and on the road. Ben's terrible on the road. One could argue that Tomlin is having something to do with that. I, I want to, you know, I don't want to step on your other list because, but I would love to hear just for the sake of argument, who's 10th, who's just a smidge ahead of big Ben on your list. Philip rivers. Oh my God. You are the, insane. The Chargers were the number one passing team. The char- I've been hearing about the freaking chargers for three years about how their stats are so good, and it's like them and the Browns, I guess. And one day they're going to win three games in a row, and we're all going to hear about how everyone was right. San Diego, the number one scoring defense in the NFL. Their defense last year didn't make the playoffs. By the way, who's ninth? Just one more. Cam Newton. Uh, You are effing insane. I'm looking for a sound drop that represents how crazy that is. I'm not even sure if I could find one. Well, Cam did not have a good year last year. I think no, he did not. But uh, he's he's, easy. I got to be honest. We might have to kick you off this podcast. (laughs) I mean, right now, like have a security escort him. I mean, Fez, if Cam Newton and Big Ben were on the same team, and I said how much value, I mean, they all had enough time. To where they're, they're prepped and they know the offense. It's like a whole year. And somehow they ended up on the same team because we went down to like eight teams or something. How many points this year, right? Cam's younger. Would you have Big Ben better? 2.2. Yeah, I think that's even short. I think it might be three. Wowza. Brad, what do you think? Two and a half. Three, now three. Three. <laughs> I mean, you gotta you gotta give him credit. I mean, a lot of people would say, you know, part of me tells me, in fact, my brain, this is Nova talking now, my brain says this is stupid, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's almost like someone child, it's almost like there's like a dare that we're going to hear after the pod. Someone said, uh, how much would I have to give you to say Cam Newton's better than Big Ben? <laughs> You're like, uh, uh, how much is a subway foot long? Double it. Like and then you're gonna get who's gonna pay you for saying this? <laughs> Honestly, make the case. I like Cam's mobility. I think he can. He's still he's still growing. He's still Ben has reached his past his prime. Cam is still reaching his prime, and uh, just think <laughs> he's uh, still reaching his prime, huh? Yeah, he's you still, see him he's, trending up. Well, he did have a bad year last year. And how about they, the year before? Well, he he, he was. <laughs> He's been good. You know, I just, uh, I would but, go with Cam. but somehow we're worried about big Ben's age though. Cam, the last time he was even, maybe even an above average quarterback was, was literally, uh, 24 months well, ago. It helps to have maybe the best running back and to definitely have the best wide receiver. Oh, Cam so, doesn't have those so weapons. Bi- so, so big Ben, uh, isn't really good. He's also got a far better offensive line too. So Ben has all those things going for him. <sighs> All right. You know, one of the things I've been working on is trying to let things go. You know, this is uh, this is a challenge for me because when I hear stupidity, I feel like an obligation to correct it. But then you keep like how many times can you just say you're crazy before and the person just looks at you and, keep, you know, blinks and you just got to kind of say, all right. That's why they have chocolate and vanilla ice cream. But in this case, it's not really chocolate and vanilla. It's kind of like that's why they have 
chocolate and people that eat ice cream off the ground, maybe. But, <laughs> Anchovy ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Fez, last thought on this. Well, whenever I get into a disagreement like that and I just can't convince the other person, I always go back to offering him a bet. I would take Ben's quarterback rating at the end of the year. Now, I understand they've got more weapons, but uh, he's But got- see, that's the thing. When This is what I think that I disagree with Nova the most. About. And obviously, he's got great knowledge on this. And in a way, I love, you know, one thing pro, uh, pros, but media guys do, is they self-edit based on convention. Meaning, I genuinely believe X. How's that? relative to the common belief. And if it's too far off, they say, I'm just not going to say it because they don't want to be out on an Island. The fact that Nova's willing, however crazy <laughs> it is to be out on an Island like he is, is, is really an example of, Hey, you, he's going to tell you what he believes, Right. Or wrong, 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 wrong. He's going to tell you what he believes. So in a weird way, I got to give him credit for it. His courage should be rewarded. I agree. Well, not rewarded so much because he's going to lose money. He's going to be punished for it, (laughs) you know, at various times throughout the year when he bets on Cam and away from Big Ben. So I'm thinking, let's just accept he'll have to pay the price for this. The thing I do disagree with him about in general it's almost like, no, Stephen, and, and I'm being serious here. It's almost like you're building a player in like a Madden game or something. <laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like, well, you know, his thighs are 30 inches and thus he got to be mobile. It's like you're abstracting this out so much. One thing I believe is we don't know what makes a good quarterback. Because if we did, they, they'd be able to draft a quarterback and know, well, Cam's mobile, or so-and-so's mobile, Johnny Manziel's mobile. And instead, we're surprised year after year about a Tom Brady, obviously one of the great surprises. But instead, you are not look, you're gonna dismiss the stats and somehow break it down like we're drafting a quarterback that's never played in the NFL. We don't have to talk about the qualities of Cam and Big Ben. We just got to look at the stats. They're not even close to the same quarterback. Not arguing stats. I'm saying if you gave Cam the Steelers offensive line, you gave him Le'Veon Bell, you gave him Antonio Brown, you gave him Schuster, you gave him all these weapons he doesn't have. He's got to carry this bad offense and a bad offensive line. Maybe it's a bad offense and bad offensive line because no one wants to play with this guy. He's a, uh, I don't want to say a cancer in the locker room because I think people overjudge. I think in general, he's considered to be a quarterback with less than average intangibles. At what point does that come into no, it's play? Important. Apparently not, because no. you're dismissing all the all the consequences of that. Okay, I'm keeping. I'm moving on. This is scary because we even got haven't got to my number one quarterback yet. No, you're no, going to fly off the no, table. No, no, no. On no. That. I, I'm fine with the number one. I don't think your number two is insane. <laughs> I mean, if anything, this makes more sense than your number two. <laughs> all right, number six though. Number six, you've got Watson. Watson, wow, Watson over Whedon. Yeah, ten I- points. Yeah, I, Watson, I, I think, is just is just a monster. The, the Texans, they averaged 39 points his last five games before he got hurt. After he got hurt, they didn't reach 17 points in eight of their last nine games. He was, 
he was on pace to to uh, throw for forty three touchdown passes. He, he's just an absolute monster. That whole offense just went dead when when he went out. Okay, so a couple things. Obviously, the question is: Is he going to be a hundred percent? So we only know. It's not like there's inside information on this stuff. And anyone that says they have inside info, be care. You know, run the other way. Quite frankly, right now, based on what you've read, Stephen. What is your optimism of Watson? Not how durable he's going to be, because that's a whole other question. What's your optimism on his health? I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing he's having a good recovery and he should be fine. 100% game one. That's what I'm hearing right now. Yes. Now, I think a lot of people could make the case durability problem question. I don't think it applies here. What you're saying is when he's healthy, he is 10 points better than his backup Whedon, one of the worst backups out there, I would say. Yes. And I think if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. So it's one thing to say most valuable as in, would you draft him? But I think you are freed from concerns about his durability because you're saying if he's healthy. Now, Brad, of all 32 quarterbacks, this is the one relative ranking and rating you most disagree with. How so? Yeah, and first off, I love Deshaun Watson, but he's not 10 points as far as the Vegas line. I think he's worth maybe six or seven. And I do have concerns because what makes Deshaun Watson great is his mobility. Now, this is the second time in four years that he suffered a significant knee injury. But you know, Brad, that actually brings up a good point. How do we consider durability? Because on one hand, I don't think... If we're assuming someone's healthy relative to their backup, that's the place to consider durability. But I think you make a great point. You've got to downgrade Watson somewhere. And I think in any season long bet, if it's an individual, now you might say, well, RJ, it's a better chance he's going to get hurt during the game. But I think in general, that's a pretty modest downgrade. Like if one guy's going to get hurt twice as often, like maybe Watson would. When you bet, that's a good question for you, Fez. If you're betting a game with Watson, if he's 100% coming in, are you accounting for the fact that his chance of finishing that game is less than a typical durable quarterback? I am in the sense that he knows he's had these injuries. And so what's going to happen now in that third and eight, we talk about moving the chains, he'll be less likely to take off and try to outrun that linebacker to get that first down. So I think you bring up a good point, Brad, and I think we've clarified it. Well, all right. So Nitty Professor, we're continuing on now. Actually, this number five was sort of tied. So it was like 6A and 6B, and then we'll jump to four. And next up, and we talked about them. Wowza, you got Cam Newton. Now we've we've talked. I'll give you one more chance to say something that, that could possibly convince anybody. Cam's other. Let's just assume. Let let me say this part. Uh, Cam's a monster. Okay, go. <laughs> you know. Brad says that these quarterbacks, if they weren't playing on the line, they'd be worth six or seven points adjustment. That That's probably true, but I, I don't see it that way. I see if I got to have a backup, and in the case of Caroline, if Cam isn't playing, we're looking at Garrett Gilbert or Taylor, Taylor Henneke. I got to have at least 10 points because there's certain intangibles with, with Cam, and uh, I just think these teams give up if these if they have to have a backup this going this far below. Now, boy, that's a fascinating point. How much, if this were a computer simulation, how valuable would the quarterback, his absence be? But then there's the psychology of it. 
And I think sometimes that's not the case where if a guy's out for one week and they need to kind of win a game that's winnable, you see the team rise up around that quarterback. If it's a extended absence, uh, it's the more, I think the thing that helped green Bay last year was this idea. Rogers could come back. And they, if they just won a couple of games with Hunley, that they uh, could be in the playoff hunt. And the fact that right when he came back, they lost was way demoralizing. Fez, if I remember, you made a major bet on them the next week. 19 to nothing. They didn't, they did not <laughs> score in Minnesota. <laughs> Somehow it was like the clearest letdown spot in history. Remember how sad was, I was at dinner? We yeah, were at we dinner were and sushi. You were struggling with a, your, your chops. And I don't even like sushi, RJ. I mean, you were trying to figure out what suit, like, you know, like, what is this? It's tempura. What's that? Adamami, what? You know, I mean, it was a big struggle. <laughs> I always mispronounce Adamami. I get it wrong. <laughs> and the streak continues. <laughs> That's Steve Fezzik. I am RJ Bell. This is the dream preview. I think he's making a good point about the de- demoralization in certain situations. And you've touched on it, though, Stephen. You believe that these the quarterbacks in general, especially the elite guys, are worth more than the market. And one of the things Mackie, the mysterious Mackie, is going to help you with is he is going to, you guys have a thread where you're going to update up at pregame.com. You're going to update every week. Pregame.com. I love that. A thread that has your 32 quarterbacks, their relative worth. And some weeks you're going to upgrade a quarterback, a half point or a point or downgrade. And we're going to track if one of your quarterbacks that's uh, worth five or more points is out. You're thinking you play against that team because the market's not properly accounting. They're moving seven. You think they should move nine and a half, let's say. And thus there's going to be value fading. That Now that feels square to me. Oh, that big-name quarterback's out. I want to bet against that team. But you think, hey, maybe so. Maybe the public's going that way. But the public is right. You think we're going to track it this year up in the forms. So that's going to be – we can debate if you're right about this macro. The whole league's kind of – quarterbacks are worth more than they were 10 years ago. I think that's unequivocally true. But I think maybe the best quarterbacks were worth seven, seven and a half points 10 years ago. Now they're worth 10 you think that they're worth upwards of a dozen, and we're going to be getting to those quarterbacks. Yes. Okay, so, so far, Big Ben, cuckoo, number seven. Number six, Watson, questions about durability. Number five, Cam Newton. Now, number four is a surprise. This is a quarterback that has been on top of my list for years. I have Aaron Rodgers for worth 11 points. I think he is the best quarterback in the NFL, but due to the backup situation. But you just think Hunley's so good. (laughs) I think Hunley would be better this year, and I also think uh, Sean Kaiser would be better this year, as long as he's a backup. You're saying better than the worst quarterback in history. Better than what he was last year. Which was was the the worst worst quarterback, at least of the century. He's a little more respectable with better coaching with Green Bay and being on the bench than he is, you know, thrust into a starting role, which he totally was not ready for. But this third string idea, it's really not pertinent, right? This is about Hunley. Hunley or Kaiser, that hasn't been determined a backup. You're saying it's possible that Kaiser's going to beat out Hunley? Possible. We'll have to see. I'm not anointing Hunley already, the, the backup. 
Baz. I will lay minus 240 as Hunley. Anyone want to take the bet? <laughs> I hope so. For well, he's Hun- a favorite. I hope so for Hunley's Bueller? sake. Bueller? But, but let's assume it's Hunley. Do you believe, where do you rank Hunley 1 to 32? And I know this is off the cuff. Where do you rank him 1 to 32 as a backup? Yeah, around the middle. Okay. So what you're saying is that by definition, then the three quarterbacks you got ahead of them have below average backups. Yes. And I think that helps us understand this relative and it's, ranking. It's, and it's more than just backups, too. It's the system, the offensive system, the offensive coaches. Green Bay is very strong with their quarterback coaching. It's a quarterback system, and so. It, but and how it works. does that how does that help when it comes to relative ranking? Because doesn't both Hunley and Rogers both benefit for from that? So that's a wash. Y- yes, but some of these teams that have these. By the backups, way, you might think this is a beer. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> some of, some of these teams that do not uh, that have bad backups and have bad support behind them via coaching via the the system. Uh, okay, so no, this is interesting. You're saying the more structure a team has, the more plug and play they can be with their players. If it's with, with Belichick being an example of that. Yes, Belichick's a huge example. The way he of made that. Brissett look good. He made him uh, he made him look good against Houston, you know, which had a good defense at the time. Okay. Three left okay. N- number three. Drew Brees. I have him worth eleven points. So we're actually about tied with Rogers. Rogers. Yes. You know, very very Concer- valuable. Concerns about age? He's like Brady. These guys are just. They, See, I, they go I disagree. I think the Breeze and Fez, we were talking about it. I mean, upwards of two years ago, maybe three, but let's say two, is Breeze was dropping off physically. Yeah, and he had some injuries that he never seemed to fully recover from. I saw, which is called being old. Yeah, I saw a stat. This is amazing. My grandfather's got a bum knee. He's ninety five. I don't think it. You know, I and, think it's. In, in terms He's of day to day, in terms of I don't have an injury report on your grandfather, but in in terms of yards per pass, in terms of the distance thrown, not yards after catch, Drew Brees. I was shocked by this. Ranked in the bottom one fourth of the NFL, a sign that he's last not, year, last year that he's not winging the ball like he used to. But I will say this, RJ, these older quarterbacks, I'm not so concerned in September, especially week one. I think it's going to kick in more during the year. Untrue. Uh, uh, untrue. Breeze is uh, he's never he's never missed games. He's never had a serious injury. His you're right, Steve. His touchdowns were down. His well, yardage off, was let's down. Let's be clear. But, he had a massive serious injury, and that's why he didn't get signed at Miami. I'm not saying that's necessarily pertinent, but well, year, years and years yes. ago. So okay. when you say never, well, the years right. ago apply. Okay. <laughs> he also set an NFL record for accuracy, seventy two percent. His touchdowns and his yardage were down because of the system. They they had two really good running backs, and they became balanced. They never were so that, that balanced. That's kind of my point. You were saying Big Ben was somehow his limitations were being hid by the great line, the great Brown and Bell, et cetera. But now all of a sudden we're talking about how, oh, just because there, there's two of the best running backs in the league, lo and behold, now playing together in tandem with the Saints, but that has nothing to do with how good Breeze really is. It feels like Breeze has been dropping off for like three years. It's just the stats in the re- in the team record look different based upon how good he's almost become a quasi game manager, in my opinion. Also, you have to look at the backup here, Tom Savage. That's wrong, Mackie. You're saying Chargers, not Miami. He was on the Chargers. Miami was going to sign him. 
Breeze with Nick Saban, the team doctor, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the team no, you're, doctor you're correct. Uh, didn't, no, this is, this is why we're all here is, uh, yeah. So I guess it was Miami who ultimately decided not to sign him. That's why he went to, and it was Nick Saban. And it was one of the biggest, you know, what ifs of the NFL history. Saban yeah, because if he signs there, Saban might have not went to Alabama. Let's say if Breeze doesn't play, the, the line would probably be, you know, six, seven, eight points. But I would need 11, you know, going from Breeze no, no, to Savage. No, no, no. I, and we don't need to keep repeating okay. this. You, in general, value these elite quarterbacks more than the market. And we're going to track If it. they have bad backups, yes. Well, even if they don't have bad backups, you're going to value them more than the market, right? Just yes. not as much. Just not as much, correct. Okay. I, Fez, where are you at? I mean, to me, I think Breeze's deterioration got hidden by the the balance on offense and I expect the deterioration to continue. I get no sense that Breeze is, is some kind of health nut. And if anything, I think when you are physically on the border of being an NFL player, there's a reason Breeze wasn't an elite high draft choice. It was cause of his height, right? To this day, they're going to say, well, there's Russell Wilson and Breeze and every other short quarterback's in trouble, right? I guess Pat Hayden or whatever way back when, right? So <laughs> Eddie LeBaron. <laughs> now that one I have no idea about. To me, you see this in the NBA too. A guy like Larry Bird, who was borderline physically able to play, when his physical skills started, in his case because of a back issue, deteriorate, he goes from being one of the five best players in the league to being out of the league in two years because there's a certain point of physicality. If you can't reach, you can't play. Feels like Breeze could go from being, you know, somewhere high on his list to out of the league pretty quickly. You know, I don't think so because he's kind of got the Peyton Manning thing going in terms of so cerebral. Did Peyton Manning go from being? I mean, we use this as an example. Twenty four months before. His, you know, so two years before his last season, so last season, season before that, the season before that, minus two years, was one of the best seasons in the history of the NFL, just unequivocally. He was, by your and Malinsky, you guys both were screaming, trying to be more over the top about how bad Peyton Manning was. And there was a guy, I don't want to make a big deal about who it was. He's the one, he's the only, R.J. Bell. Said... You know something, there's intangibles that you guys aren't measuring. And then somehow, some way, even <laughs> after he won the Super Bowl, you guys still thought you were right. But okay, fine. But let's not make the case that Peyton Manning didn't drop off a cliff. He did drop off a cliff. And you're right. You're, you're making great points that Drew Brees could well drop off that cliff as well. I think he'll have an extra year because of his cerebral knowledge that he's able to get the team always Maybe in the last right year was the extra call. year. It's possible, he's, he's, especially the emergence that emergence of Camara, that running back who's a wide receiver. That we talk about none of these guys are worth more than one point. He was so important to Breeze last year. He, Peyton Manning fell off a cliff because he had neck surgery. Breeze hasn't well, hold, had any kind of major hold, surgery. Hold on a second. He had a neck surgery before he took his first snap from Denver. And then he had two of the best years in the history of the NFL. So we're saying, but that's what caused him four years later to drop off the cliff. All right, if 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 you got to stay on the mic, yeah, then then I stand to be corrected because I thought his downfall strictly was because based on the neck surgery. If that's not true, then I then I'm I mean, wrong. correct me. I'm I I don't remember him having any surgery before his last year. No, no, he was just he just set out the whole year. He had the one year. But off. I agree with you. You could mm-hmm. make the uh, no, you could make the case that 
And, and you see this a lot. So I don't think, I think it's more than make the case. I think there's a part, it's just so nuanced. I don't think we can gain much from it. But if someone, you, you see this all the time with knees, someone gets a really bad knee injury when they're 24. They end up, you know, cartilage on, you know, no cartilage, bone on bone when they're 34. Yeah. And they drop off quicker because they're, they're fun, they're core, not their core, like their stomach, but they're fundamentally weaker because of that injury. I think whatever caused Manning to drop off physically probably was exacerbated by the injury. But I think in general, quarterbacks that this idea that these old timers hang around, yeah, they hang around holding a freaking clipboard. But in general, the guys who you would say, if you, and this would be interesting, take the elite quarterbacks that weren't physically elite. I would make the case they dropped off quicker than the elite quarterbacks who were physically elite. Meaning once you go for because there's two ways to look at it. One way is, hey, Michael Vick was so reliant upon his physicality. The minute he goes from the best athlete to the 20th best athlete, he's out of the league. Maybe. And I think that's true, too. But I think even quicker is this guy can barely play in the NFL because of all these other intangibles. He's good in the NFL, but he drops below that Malcolm Gladwell minimum ability or you're not even in the conversation threshold. And once they drop below that, they just can't play anymore. And then you think about Kenny Stabler when he left the Raiders and he went to the to Houston and he just was never the same. Pregame.com. That's Steve Fezzik. I'm RJ Bell. We've got two names left. And one of them makes his Cam Newton opinion seem sane. And I won't even play the cuckoo. I'm not even sure what to say. The second most valuable quarterback in the NFL is? Well, based on the point on my point spread value, <laughs> I have Matthew Stafford worth, worth 11 points. His backup is Matt Castle, who I consider one of the worst backups. And if Stafford is not in there, again, the real line is going to be seven, eight, nine points. But I, to me, he's worth 11 points, if not 11 and a half. This is a give-up situation with the Lions. They have no swagger. They have no downfield attack if they don't have Stafford. You go from Stafford to Castle, that's worth 11 points in my book. Okay, so <laughs> what is Matt? Has he ever won a playoff game? What does that have to do with the difference between him and Matt Castle? Um, The way you assess a quarterback's quality is his performance on the field and elite performance on the field leads to winning games. <laughs> he's not a top five quarterback. Sure advanced. I, I consider him a top 10 quarterback, but he's not well, a top five, a but he's certainly a very good quarterback. Oh, this is interesting. You're saying he's the second most valuable, valuable relatively, but if you were just having your raw list, he's like eight or nine. Yes. Because of the back and because of the point spread, because of the give up factor. But you think Castle is that? So let's run down a list. Castle wouldn't be near the bottom, RJ, of my backup quarterbacks. I mean, but it seems like he'd have to be. So let's look at the quarterbacks in the uh, the backups you've got that are um, to starters that are close on this list, meaning you've got Stafford second. So in theory, Castle would have to be significantly worse than the quarterback you've got Third, fourth, fifth. So let's just go through those. Those are the three closest ones. Savage is the backup for the Saints. You think Castle is significant, multiple points 
um, worse than Savage. No, I have uh, Breeze worth 11 and Stafford worth 11. But the theory is you would think Breeze is significantly better if you were just raw ranking them. And that Stafford being right up there would be, uh, you know, even with Breeze would be the difference of how much worse Castle is. Right. So do you really believe Castle is that much worse than Savage? No, I think they're both. But I think they're both bottom five type back. Okay. And do you you think Breeze is better than Safford? All other things equal? Yes. Then how can they be tied? I'm not sure you pounded on this list as hard as you should have. Yeah. Well, they could. I heard about all these lunches. I just think you guys are having. RJ, RJ, if you just give me a second to to think you're. uh, (laughs) All right. You know, uh, I feel like I'm on on the witness stand (laughs) here. Um, I like the New Orleans system, the offensive system. Uh, <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay, I like I like that New Orleans directed by Sean Payton. I think he's a very strong offensive guru. I like that system better. Uh, although I do like Coot, uh, Jimmy Bob Cooter. So just, uh, yeah, just to be clear, my buddy Jim Bob, is, not my buddy, the guy I enjoy the name, is just to be clear... Your point is, hey, Breeze might be worth a little bit less because the Saints with Payton's a little more plug and play. Yes. Whereas uh, Detroit, with a de- defensive head coach now, first year, it's going to be raw talent. Also, the Saints have better running backs. The Lions have you know, the worst running backs. I think they were last in rushing. Yeah, Detroit is a pass-happy precision offense that their quarterback is putting it into such short windows. It's a disaster to have to bring in a backup quarterback. And that is no, that, why that, that actually more. makes some sense because each position, like the best punter, let's say there's a punter that is so much better than the second best. Is he worth a half a point or a point maybe? But if there was a quarterback that much better relative to his backup, than the second best quarterback relative to his backup, it might be, a three or four point difference. So by position, we all know pretty much quarter, not pretty much quarterback is King, but the quarterback position is not worth the same for each team. So Tennessee, for example, which is, you know, at least last year was running a bunch. So that's an interesting point. I would make the case that the having an elite quarterback, and I think elite's a questionable thing with Stafford, but an above average quarterback in Detroit probably means more than most any other team. That's interesting. And Detroit somehow, some way, the last four years, you win a bar bet on this, RJ, they have averaged nine wins a year, even though they don't win playoff games, nor do they make the playoffs very often. We've talked about everyone except one in the top seven. And this is, let's be clear about this. Based on the Nitty Professor's ranking, this is the most valuable quarterback in NFL history. And I'll be candid with you. He might, I, I'm not sure I agree at, with the number. I think it might be about one point high, but I think this might be this year, the most valuable quarterback in NFL history. Who is it? Russell Wilson. Wow. All right. So let me brain dump on why I think you're right. One top five quarterback Two, we know we're in 2018 when quarterback is more important than ever. Thus, a Joe Montana, whatever he was worth back in 1987, would be probably worth double. And again, forgetting Steve Young, but with a normal backup, would be worth double that because quarterback's more important league-wide. Also, his strength, Wilson, mobility is vital with this weak offensive line. So he's even more valuable. 
They're throwing a ton because of the weak offensive line. Thus, the quarterback's importance in this system on this team is high. I would make the case that if he's out, wowza. And we're going to talk about Seattle's drop-off in general. So I tend to agree. Now, historically, 10 points was what Aaron Rodgers was worth when he was out both four years ago, whatever, with the collarbone, and then last year. And we're saying, now at the time, what did you think Aaron Rodgers was worth last year? 10 points. Okay. So have you upgraded the value of quarterbacks in general just since last year? Or do you think somehow Stafford's like, cause you're telling me right now, Stafford's more valuable than Aaron Rodgers was last year. But, but all the rationale that we came up with here in a pain way, I think in some cases to make it make sense, Stafford was two on the list. Wasn't that the case last year too? So why would Rodgers be worth more? How much do you think Stafford was worth last year? About the same 10 points. Okay, so you've just upgraded just a little bit, staff. I'm upgrading because of the way the NFL is now. With the just rules, everyone's the, the, getting the whole rules bit. are so skewed to passing. All the big bucks are being put into quarterbacks, so you don't have any money to go and spend on a quality backup with these elite teams. And this all factors. And and with Wilson, led the NFL in touchdown passes. And, and we all get hung up on these odds makers numbers. Oh, you can't put a quarterback more than nine or ten points. Do you watch these games? Well, first games? of all, let, let, you know, me be, I, I, let me be clear. I get there's hardly any odds makers I consider at all anymore. Yeah. That so I'm getting hung up on no odds. All right, makers I'm talking numbers. then perception. Uh, perception is all. Well, how let's dare say the you market. Make let's say more. the market's adjustment. Okay. Which let's be candid. The market's right a vast majority of the time. That's why it's not easy to beat the market. Doesn't mean we can't find spots that. The market's wrong, because if not, why would we bet? So, agreed. Okay, uh, sometimes the market's wrong, sometimes they're right. But I'm not going to just follow the market blindly. Well, if you did, you'd never lay 110. (laughs) I I watch Russell Wilson. I watch his games. The the guy's actually, it's not a cliche with him. The guy is Houdini. He was still sacked 43 times. Do you imagine if he wasn't one of the most mobile, if not the most mobile quarterback in the NFL, how many times he would be sacked? Nobody could win behind that offensive line. No ground game. Mediocre wide receivers. The guy is just absolutely uh, amazing. Okay, last thing on the top seven here. Fez, I got to, if, if, if Nova said, and as he has, Wilson, most valuable quarterback of all time, all things considered, 2018, Seattle's all O-line, et cetera. I'm not sure I disagree. What do you think? I think I would be tied with Rodgers. I might actually still go Rodgers because remember how bad his backup was when he went down. Yeah, Vegas moved. They started out moving. Hunley got a little better. I think no, he five years ago. Five oh. years ago, back to the days well, of the mighty first, Quinn. Hold, hold well, on, they had Matt on. Flynn then as a backup. Yeah. No, they had to acquire him. So they they brought him hold, back. Hold on, I don't want to talk about five years ago. The league was very different. Rodgers. Listen, Rogers like what thirty four? I mean, he was a different quarterback. Fair enough. Let's look at last year, and and Hun in Hunley got better. I mean, it, listen, we all were batting Green Bay, right? And we were losing they initially. Go, RJ, they go three and six with Hunley. Seattle wouldn't win a game if Wilson wasn't behind center. Uh, interesting. All right, now we've got a little bit of quarterback talk left, and then we're going into the ten bets. Ten, you can bet today. With two of them best bets. All right, Fez, your biggest disagreement, and we're gonna let we're gonna be a little easy on him. Mean, he was on he was under the spotlight with me, and we all know that's tough. <laughs> I didn't even get any water. <laughs> but hey, it could be your feelings, 
or our listeners' pocketbooks. <laughs> I'm always going to defend the listeners' pocketbooks. You disagreed with his uh, number, let me see, 10, 11. His 11 quarterback is Andrew Luck. How do you disagree? Yeah, well, he has all these quarterbacks pretty equal, 7 to 11, worth 9.5 points. And to me, even if Andrew Luck was in his prime at 100%, top quarterback in the league or right there, maybe top three, I would still only have the difference between him and Jacoby Brissett being eight points. The reason being, I think Jacoby Brissett is one of the five best backup quarterbacks in the league. I agree with you on a couple counts here. So just to be clear, he's got luck right there at number 11 as the most valuable. But like you said, he's got him worth um, you know nine and a half points. It's one thing, and we talked about with Watson, to play or not to play. But you can play. It's not a binary. You can play and be less than 100%. We have no idea how good this Andrew Luck is. If we're going to say, oh, Boogie Cousins in the NBA, hard to overvalue him because we don't know how he's going to come back from the Achilles, as Brad says, is we would say, okay, well, how do we know how good this Luck is? It's been, what, two years? That's question number one. Question two, I not only think Brissett's one of the five best backups, I would make the case Brissett's probably the 26th, 27th best quarterback in the NFL. I would much rather have Brissett than some of these other, like McCown, who would you rather have, McCown or Brissett? McCarron, I, I know I'd rather have Brissett than McCarron. Agreed, but I'd rather have McCown, actually. I, I know I'd rather have him in Trubisky. Absolutely. So I think we're agreeing that this guy is, is certainly one of the 32 best quarterbacks. So you've got, an, do you agree with? No, I, I don't agree. Really? Uh, first of all, I made luck nine and a half base that he would be 100%. So I'm going on that premise. So let's just say. Right, so that, this that is a fantasy. This is like not a fantasy sports. It's just, uh, I think it's good you said that. So let's acknowledge there is uncertainty about that, but you're assuming there's not. Okay. okay let me make these points about Brissett. I do agree with you. He is one of the better backups. He's uh, good enough where you can just lose a close game with him. He can't make all the throws like some of these other starters can. Even A.J. McCarron. That's he cannot why make a, these that's throws. Why, you're saying you think Brissett is a lesser quarterback than A.J. McCarron? Yes. Not mobility-wise. That's no, his strength. I don't, listen, I don't want to hear any more okay. about the right, specifics of a quarterback. I want to hear about how good they are, however they do it. He doesn't right? have the NFL starting capability to make certain throws that he needs to make to be an effective starter. T.Y. Hilton's a great wide receiver. He's his value is is very much diminished when Brissett's the quarterback. Well, that's why there's a. But if if Brissett was a even average starter, then no way would Luck be worth nine and a half points over. So you're somehow making the case that Brissett's not an elite starting quarterback. Agreed. I'm saying I'm, is he better than Trubisky? Is no, he better than McCarron? No, I say he's not. I'm saying he's one of the better backups, but he's not good enough to be a, even the number thirty two starter. Wowzer. You know, and I would make the case that Brissett kind of got dealt a raw deal because he got shuttled out over to Indianapolis, whole new system, bad team, and and he had to, he had no time, no camp to get ready. And he looked good. I, I think. Listen, there was a lot of talk about how valuable he was when, and and I think part of the reason they didn't bring Andrew Luck back. Remember, the Colts were much better than their record. They were a team we were looking to play as long as they were motivated, pretty much every week. We were at least looking in that direction. I th- I thought Brissett far exceeded expectations last year. And he had to play one game in a 
18-inch snowstorm. So that's ruined his stats also. And by the way, I would say McCown, you know, to me, McCown had a great year last year, right? Do we agree with that? Yes. So I I think part of it is we feel like that's an aberration, and part of it is he's old, so it's another year. But maybe McCown, to me, the one, the two guys that are the two worst starters to me, and it's not even close, is, and, and I would say the third worst might be Eli, but I think the two worst, and it's not even close, is Trubisky and, and, and I think McCarron, myself. And I would, I would rather Brissett than those two. And I, I agree with you on Eli. I actually got Flacco right there also, really, at the bottom of the barrel. Well, we might hear about Flacco when I have my biggest disagreement. Two left. <laughs> Next up, the mysterious Mr. Mack. The ta- well, maybe it's the talented Mr. Mackey. Kind of reminds That's me that. has got a creepy connotation uh, to it. Exactly. Uh, the talented Mr. Mackey. <laughs> What's your biggest disagreement? My biggest disagreement is on Steven's ranking for Minnesota. He has Cousins going to Simeon for six points. I think that's a little high. I'd put it more in the range, about four points. Boy, I would say Simeon. Now, the question becomes, how seriously do we take last year's numbers for Simeon, which were horrible, and how much do we discount them because of injury? By everyone's account that I semi-respect at minimum, not that, you know, obviously there's some people I respect some of what they say, not all of it. Seems like pretty much everyone thinks Simeon was hobbled last year. Now, maybe he's just a guy that's always going to be hobbled because in theory he was hobbled the year before. But even assuming last year was his representation, was his true baseline, I mean, he has to be one of the five or six best backups, right? He, was, he started a bunch of games last year. I'm not as high on Simeon as... Uh, so where, Mackey in general, is. 1 to 32, where do you have him on the backups? Maybe like in 10 to 12 range. So top third, maybe. You've got him five, Fess? Yeah, clocking in at the bottom of the top five, but fifth. So how much of this, Mackey, because Cousins is a question mark too, right? Because obviously Washington made an effort not to give him a long-term contract. There also was a sweepstakes for him. I think he's certainly an upgrade over. Now, this is back to the idea of the one year stuff, though, right? Because if you look at the QBR, Minnesota's quarterback last year was uh, was super, super good, and he was the third best QBR. But I still feel like Cousins is an upgrade. But I, I tend to agree. I think Simeon's one of the better backups. So is this. Both you like Simeon more, Mackey, and you're also skeptical on Cousins? That's part of it. But this is more about some of the stuff we were talking about earlier where Minnesota's system, how much are they going to ask these quarterbacks to do, number one? And number two... So you're saying if they don't ask much, then what's the difference? Exactly. And number two, this roster that Minnesota has is excellent. So what's the psychology of the team if they lose Cousins? Does it even change at all if they know they're going to play with Simeon on the field? In my opinion, no. This roster is excellent, and they're going to be ready to go either way. That's an interesting point. When you have a good backup, especially for a short period, it's like, we're okay. Okay. Mackey, the the talented (laughs) Mr. Mackey comes through. What was that famous line, Phyllis Seymour Hoffman? Bill Simmons always talks about it. He goes, uh, so it was um, the talent, Mr. Ripley. But what was uh, what was his name? What was his first name? And that Ripley's first name, Tommy, I think. Tom, was it Tom, Tom Ripley? Yeah. And uh, 
Philip Seymour Hoffman's going, uh, hey, Tommy, how's the peeping going? How's the peeping, Tommy? (laughs) 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 Love Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's, uh, I mean, to me, if you say just last 20 years, uh, dead or alive, I'd have to say Philip Seymour Hoffman is in my top five. I mean, Daniel Day's right there, but top five actors. Oh, I just put this on. This isn't on your playlist either. I think it's a little bit early for that. Not for me. (laughs) All right. My disagreement. How do you, how do you rank crazy? He has Lamar Jackson. Only. Actually, uh, we could say only two points of a downgrade from Flacco, or we could say the smallest difference of any backup because he's got uh, Winston, Flacco, Trubisky, McCarron, and McCown, all two points to their backup. We're in a league now where the quarterback is picked. What was that guy's name? He ended up on Minnesota where he was a Florida State. E.J. Manuel. Yeah, Manuel. So he went like middle of the first round, right? He did. Steelers, all these rumors about Belichick wanting Jackson. Oh, he could... You know, be like a slash type, uh, you know, and, and then apprentice behind Brady and all oh, the physicality doesn't pick him. You had to think about this a second. The Ravens traded back and took him, meaning they were at like, you know, whatever it was. I can't remember. It was like 26. They didn't trade back that much, if I remember. And I'm just going by memory now. And they said, oh, we'll take like some fourth round pick to go back four slots. And anyone could have popped up right in front. They had no idea. Everyone thought Lamar Jackson would go higher than he did. And the Patriots had a second pick, if I'm remembering. The Patriots passed on him twice. And what's happened in this interim that makes us think this guy's anything but a bust? All this talk that, oh, we know he's fast. So so is Cordell Stewart. There's a lot of fast quarterbacks throughout history. And and typically they don't perform all that well, unless we think Flacco like is like by far the worst. I, I I would make the case that game one, and this is what this list is about. Then Lamar Jackson might be the worst backup on this list because we have no idea how good he is. And what we know is uh, in in a league where quarterbacks that don't, in hindsight, it, it seems almost as absurd that if if. Uh, if Baker Mayfield went first and Lamar Jackson goes 30 picks later, how freaking bad is Lamar, or how uncertain are we? Because there's a chance Lamar Jackson is going to make the Hall of Fame. I do think he's a high risk, high reward, and it's very possible he's good in the NFL. But Belichick said no. Tomlin said no. And both were, you know, Steelers drafted a quarterback later. Patriots drafted a quarterback, you know, fairly early later. And I, who, it's not like Belichick's always right or Tomlin's always right. But even Harbaugh and Ozzie said, oh, we're picking here mid-20s. No, thank you. And if anyone jumps up, fine. But if somehow we get them at, at 30 or whatever, we're fine with it. So no one was excited about him. Why are we thinking he's like borderline is good game one? We, As Flacco. We know two things here. We know Lamar Jackson's an athlete, and what we know about Flacco is he's a regressing quarterback who had his lowest, and he was worst in the league in yards per pass attempt. 
Kaiser had more yards per pass attempt. Hundley had more yards per pass attempt. What is your, uh, you know, your love for Flacco, RJ? He it's doesn't. He love. doesn't look I just downfield. He, he doesn't do. He doesn't do anything for that offense. Why not take a shot on Jackson? I agree with you. He's a wild card. We don't know if he's going to be great. If he's going to be a stiff. Well, Stephen brings up a good point that Baltimore was tied for last in the league with 4.6 yards per play. And I mean, we can look at any, we can find, listen, when you have a bottom quartile quarterback and then say we got nine stats that count, or let's say the people are going to say, yeah, that's a valid stat. Let's find the worst for them. They're all going to have something, the bottom quartile, all going to have something they're the worst at. Agreed. But I think the bottom line is the stats for Baltimore overall probably wouldn't change all that much. But what would change? What is about the, all the turnovers? The, exactly. The that, critical turnovers are stats. The stats on the turnovers would go Kaiser-esque. And that's where why I've got this as a four point drop off because of the mistakes, not just the turnovers, but in the game management aspect. And that's why Flacco, even though he's a bottom rung starting quarterback, he's still a starting quarterback. And there's no way Jackson's anywhere close to that. All right, good conversation when it comes to the quarterbacks. Now we're going to segue into, oh, by the way, we talked about, well, we'll say Brady because hint, hint, the Patriots, we're not telling you which way it goes, but the Patriots are on the list of the 10 teams that Fezzik and the Nitty Professor Nover believe you should be betting, and they've bet at the current numbers. First, though, Quick commercial break. Okay, Dollar Shave Club. And I tell you something, we still haven't gotten my request, so I'm going to make it one more time. I want someone that has a beard that wants to shave their beard as part, no, not Brad, he looks good in his beard, as part of Dollar Shave Club. What we'll do is, you'll be like a, a spokesman type, but unofficially and what we can do is order you the dollar shave club we can get pictures of you chopping off your beard initially and then we can do like okay interviews with you on our fox national show perhaps a minimum for the dream preview right here somebody it's summertime you can't like that beard and that brings up another and if so just check me out on twitter at rj in vegas we'll set this up it would be fun what the response has been positive on is how easy, you know, it, it really shows you. I often think about how can I play like 10 hours of poker, 12, 14, and I'm energized at the end. Are you like that, Fez? Yeah, I can go all night, especially if you I'm can, winning. You can go all night? Mm. You prove it all <laughs> night, baby. <laughs> We're going to have to pull that drop. I yes. can go all night, he says. <laughs> I'm skeptical, but (laughs) it's true with poker that, you know, imagine you're doing your taxes for 12 hours at the end, your head's pounding. Why stress? It's that the act of doing things often isn't the problem. It's the uncertainty and the stress around that uncertainty. And I can promise you with shaving, especially if you get those mirrors where you can shave in the shower. Oh dog. you, You know, you got the, your, your your beard or whatever growth you got softens up, boom, 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 especially if you have a sharp. And let's be honest. If there's a place where like, hey, I'm not spending $5, but I'm scraping. I'm using this old razor because I, I can't get to the store because I'm in-game batting and I'm going to scrape off half my face. I mean, come on. 
I mean, if you're smart enough to listen to Dream Preview, you're too smart to not take advantage of Dollar Shave Club. And here's a great way to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. It comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlie's, and their world-famous Shave Butter. And their best razor, the Six Blade Executive. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. So you don't have to get all this. It's there for the taking. Sample it, whatever. And you're getting a good sampler to start here. So check it all out, dollarshaveclub.com slash dream. So this is the URL, dollarshaveclub.com slash dream. And you're not only getting the special offer for the five bucks, but you're getting to experience this subscription model. And other places do this too. You know, listen, it's not like one day you're shaving once a week or one week and then the next you're saving three. In general, you're going to shave a certain amount of time. You can line that up. So, okay, how many times do I want to use this blade? Four or five, whatever. Because you feel that point where it's, it's, it's not sharp enough. And then you can say, okay, I need a new set of razors every three months or whatever. You cue that up and it shows up like magic at your door. DollarShaveClub.com slash Dream, D-R-E-A-M. Okay, Brad, perk up. Keeps. When did you start losing your hair? College. Oh, my. Started getting thin, not losing, but very thin. I mean, did you did you ever, like, curse the Lord above? No. I, I mean, I Because, could look- you know, to me, I've often said this. A man deserves a couple of years where he doesn't have acne, but he has all his hair. Mm-hmm. And what happened, that's pretty profound. Fess is looking at me like, wow, that's a good point. Because think about it, is usually, you know, and some people don't ever get acne, but usually by 23, 24, you know, out of college, guys clear up any acne. But if you're already losing your hair, Mm. there's always a moment where the girl looks over and says, ah, look at the acne. And then they look over the next day and they say, oh, no acne, but look at his hair. (laughs) It's like you deserve a little bit of time, and you didn't have it then. No, I didn't. But let me ask you this. If you could snap your fingers and have a full head of hair, would you? Absolutely. So Woodstock, So you've heard, I'm sure, about the different products out there. I've tried a few. You've tried, and it just didn't work? Didn't work. Wow. So you, there was something resistant mm-hmm. to you. Almost like the Lord above wants you to lose your hair. Well, listen keeps now let's check these guys out because once again this is an example our producer on the dream preview his name's kc not kc from howard stern but kc and this cost now it just takes a few minutes and it's just a dollar a day so if you could have your hair back for a dollar a day would you say 50 cents or would you say deal deal okay i agree so in a weird way you're the case in point Though it's never can be guaranteed, I think it's a situation where you can try it really cheap and it's a, it's almost like a free roll. So what's a free roll? Gamblers know that there's a big upside and there's little downside for like a buck a day. You can try it for a while. And like we said, KC went through the signup process. It's quick and it's easy. There's just a few of these uh, details like your address and such. 
few simple questions. I think they target what they send you based upon that. And what ends up happening is you take a few pictures and you can see the progress. And to me, it's one of those examples where if it works, then it's money so well spent. And if it doesn't, by some happenstance, you've hardly lost anything. To receive your free month of treatment, the first month for free. So actually, it's, it, it's truly a free roll. There is no expense. Free. Go to keeps, that's K-E-E-P-S, dot com slash dream. So it's, again, the URL, keeps.com slash dream. That's keeps.com slash dream. That's a free month of treatment. 100% free. No shipping charges. No handling charges. Keeps.com slash dream. Keeps hair today. Hair tomorrow. Brad, you going to try this? Why don't you give it one more try and we can talk about it? It's free. Yeah, maybe. Why not? It's You're not well, too you far gone do, yet. Do I, you know, did I, you know, curse at the Lord? Uh, I, no, I'm more thankful because he blessed me in other areas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. But, but if it, oh, I didn't mean to do that. I meant to do. Enough. But if what you're implying is what you're implying, having a full head of hair will help that be pertinent. True. I wasn't implying so you're com- that. <laughs> so you're committing to keeps. Yeah, I will yeah, commit. Give it a try. It's free. Absolutely. All right. So you and Brad, and we, we can hear from all you guys, keeps.com slash dream. All right, last one, MeUndies. We talked about it. I was so freaking jealous of these other podcast guys. Oh, MeUndies, MeUndies. And I'm like, why won't MeUndies give RJ a chance? Because I love, ex- you know, high quality underwear. And we talked about it last week, and it resonated with a lot of people. If you're single, they don't, and let's all be candid. The minute your underwear is visible, it's not a done deal. Is is uh, you know, they can turn back. Let's be honest. <laughs> Imagine though the idea that if you have meundies, they're going to say, "Well, why would I turn back? Look at this guy." Right now, if you're partnered, you might say, "Who gives a heck?" But here's the thing, everyone, and if you say no to this, then you shouldn't get me undies. But have you ever came down, maybe your whitey tighties, maybe a little stained, and your wife looks at you or your partner, whatever, and says, come on, really? Like they, they're accepting that you're not going to shower and use mouthwash every day before they wake up and all that. They're accept, but they don't want you to look like, like their dad looked. You know, when when the dad was 55 or whatever, or like Walter White. So this is, this really helps you guys if you're single or not. And think about it. I always say this. If you get multiple outs, it's the easiest way to win more in sports betting. If you can key either close the deal if you're out there chasing or content your partner, and let's be honest, there's that old line. I mean, back to the wife thing, a happy wife is a happy life. I've always hated that line 
because it makes it feel like the wife somehow it's it's almost like a terrorist kind of thing. Like, like do what I say or I'm going to make your life horrible. So I've always, I've had some wars over that crap. Fez, coming in on the other side. When mama's unhappy, everyone's unhappy. Man, you are. Uh, <laughs> You know, they've done studies about grown men that call their sexual partners mama. Oh, it's not good. It's not good. You might want to read. Uh, I'll read up on the latest studies. Just look up Oedipus online. Okay. <laughs> Fez, Mike's off for the rest of this segment. I think anything that involves nudity, we just keep Fez out of it. <laughs> it's probably like a joke, like his wife. Um, <laughs> what's that? <laughs> what's the famous line in uh, it was in a uh, war games when uh, it's the beginning of war games and uh, you know it's got Matthew Broderick and uh, Ali Sheedy she's very cute in war games and uh, the science teacher says who was the first person to suggest asexual reproduction and Broderick goes your wife <laughs> pretty good that's a funny line all right listen brad's out on the set well you're you kind of have a girl are you exclusive i'm exclusive Boy, that that didn't seem like you were sure you were calculating the chances she was listening i were going to listen to this pod I, I think wink wink we got it or if you're like faz and you're partnered it helps you both way now listen here's the offer meundies is risk-free they'll make sure you get the perfect pair for you if you're not happy, they'll refund the cost and you get to keep them. This is better than a free roll. This is a guaranteed win. This is an arbitrage. Think about it. You're getting the underwear regardless. The question is, do you pay or not? And it's your choice. And because you're listening to me, you'll get 15% off your first pair. Go to Meandies and let's spell that. M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S. Meandies.com slash same thing, URL, RJ Dream. Meundies.com slash RJ Dream. And here's an extra gift for you. Order a pair, take a screenshot of your transaction, and send it to me, quote unquote. And I'll send you, you, or I'm sorry, Al, in quotes, another pair. You get one for 15% off and another pair from quote unquote me for free. But this is limited. This is one of those in marketing speak. It's called a call to action with a sense of urgency. The first 25 people to send a proof of purchase, a screenshot of your purchase and a pick of the receipt. I'll send you another pair free. Just send your proof to gift at podcast one.com. So G I F T at podcast. Then one spelled O N E. Dot com. Put RJ Dream in the subject line, and you will soon have another pair of MeUndies in your collection. MeUndies.com slash RJ Dream. Wow, think about that. Two pairs. And if you choose not to pay, you say, no, no, they refund you. That is an arbitrage, not a free roll. And I don't even have to be involved with any of the, the scene, you guys. You can take a picture of the under. I guess you could take a picture wearing them if you wanted to. Gift at podcast1.com. But remember, there is a sense of urgency. Act now to get that second pair 
free. You're listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Now back to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. How often, Fez, do you say mama to your wife? Never. So why did you say that in that voice? It's a common saying to say when mom. But I've happy. never heard it before. Really? That shocks me because I thought it was like a. Because I would think I would have punched the person who would have said it. <laughs> I mean, it's just Query so, it on the internet. I, no, I mean, I could query a lot of things on the internet. <laughs> I've heard it many times. <laughs> I mean, the answer that something's normal is and it's on the internet. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Brad, have you ever heard that? No. I've heard the happy wife, happy life. Yeah, because that's normal. Yeah. <laughs> what wow. about you, Nover? I just hear I just heard old lady, which I don't like. Oh, well, that's true. At your age, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> On Twitter, someone said they saw a picture of Nover and he looked all fresh-faced and stuff. And they said, is that Nover's current picture? <laughs> and I said, well, if by current you mean 25 years ago, <laughs> yes. It's been a tough, tough 25. Hey, listen, when you're the nitty professor, it's not always easy, Brad. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> We've got 10 teams. 10 bets, and we're going through them with vigor. All right, let's go overrated first. So we'll keep it. Remember, we got two best bets, and we're going to hold those back to the very end. And we're going to talk about the big storylines. And one of the big storylines is the Giants. So, Fez, you've got the Giants, and you've got them overrated, which means at the current number, you think there's value playing under the Giants' win total. What's the current win total? Current win total is seven, meaning Vegas values the Giants as the 22 best team. RJ, I have them as the 28th best team, a huge disparity. Now, I think the Giants not only being a New York team, but also Colin Cowherd has the Giants as his team It's going to surge. He has the Browns too, but you're surging from zero. And his thought is this is a borderline playoff team. He even compared the Giants to last year's Philly team. Like, no one thought Philly would win. It's like, well, you know, no one, the idea that that Eli could ever be as good as Carson Wentz at this point in his career, that seems like the key here. So what makes you, is it, Eli, what is it that makes the Giants so overrated in your mind? It's Eli. I've got him as one a bottom five NFL quarterback. I looked at his yards per pass attempt. He was horrible, only completing 6.1 yards per attempt last year. And everyone's like, well, he lost his receivers. He lost Odell Beckham. That's what was happening. But the year before, when they made the playoffs at 11-5, and five, he still was under seven yards. Clear regression. He's going to be 38 this year during the season. I just don't think that he's anything but a scrub bottom of the barrel starting quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when you bench him like they they did last year, and the only reason he seemingly comes back is a public uproar, kind of means that they knew you think they thought there'd be no, you know, it was bigger the uproar than they expected, but they knew there was going to be a negative response of benching Eli and they still did it. So it must have not even been a close call. And now he's a year older. I agree. Uh, I don't even think 
I don't even think he can be like if he plays his very best, I think he could at his age. I think he could be like the 24th best quarterback. Absolutely. And you bring up a great point because for whatever reason, the Giants are the hot team in these betting marketplace valuations. And I follow this like the stock market, RJ. I get excited about season wins. It's one of the best things I do. I wake up and I check the numbers on each team and the Giants have slowly ticked up from six and a half to seven wins because so many in the media are like, ooh, bounce back. The Giants, sexy team. And because of that, normally when I give a recommendation, hey, bet this team under, do it now. The line's likely to move. You'll get a worse number later on. I don't think that's the case with the G-Men. I think you can comfortably wait. You might get under seven plus a dollar five before it's all over. So do you have any win totals up for your premium premium subscribers? Four best bets. Okay. So guys, here's something I'm going to do for you ad hoc here. Here's a coupon code. Now, typically to our best customers, we'll give out 25% discounts occasionally. But I have a special affinity for Dream Preview listeners. And we talked about it all during football is how much we appreciated your support. Tweeting it out, telling your friends about it. That's why we had such a great growth season last year. And we put more time and energy into it. And we're going to go even, we're doubling down this next year. We're going to do a bunch of video associated with it, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm going to give you a special coupon. Let's call it early 27. So all caps, E-A-R-L-Y, no space now. So it's all one word, two, seven, early 27, 27% off anything between now and let's say, you know, I'm going to do this one through August 15th. Now, here's why you want to act fast. Our, the way we sell our subscriptions is earlier you buy, the better the deal. So you buy, let's say tomorrow uh, or early, early, you might get the cheapest price plus a hundred bulk dollars plus whatever. A week later, you're getting the same price, but 50 bulk dollars. A week later, no bulk dollars. So it's pretty much this simple. You wait, it gets worse. And that's why I'm giving you guys this now with our early preview and you get 27% off. So 25 is rare. You got to hunt for that and be a good customer. You're getting 27. So you want to buy fast for the whole year. You're going to save literally hundreds of dollars. What's your year typically? For? Is it eight ninety five? Am I remembering that range? Right around there. I didn't need to ask you though, RJ. I think that the annual football packages are going to be going up here during the all-star break. Am I correct? I don't believe they're currently up. Whatever it is, earlier is better. And if you're looking for a season package, you're going to save hundreds with this. So put this coupon in your back pocket, early 27, expires August 15th. But if you're just looking to dabble, you're not ready to make that full season commitment, which is the best, you can get Fez's win total package with four best bets now and get 27% off that. So whatever you buy, but it's like one of those deals. If you buy Fez's package and use it, you're going to save like five bucks, which is better than not saving anything. If you buy a season, you're not only going to get all those winning picks, but you also save hundreds of dollars. So early 27. Let me ask you about OBJ. A lot of talk about him. If you said which NFL player gets the most time on talk radio, I would say OBJ is in the top six or seven. And as a as a non quarterback, he's right up there with a handful. What's he worth? Now we we were going through the nitty professor just going back and forth. Like you've been turning pages in that notebook 
for like 20 minutes. What are you looking for? I'm getting ready for You're any ready. possible scenario. <laughs> any curveball, you know. <laughs> if I was a batter, I'd be gripping the bat a little higher, crowding the plate. Oh, he's ready to go, baby. He is ready to Let go. Me- that is freaking gorgeous. He's ready. All right, Fez, where do you got OBJ ranked? I've got him worth only one point. Now, the pure stats might speak to him actually being that rare animal where he's worth one and a half points, the rare non-quarterback. But I think the distractions associated with him probably take back one third of his value, make him worth one point. And over, you think maybe even one and a half. Well, let me just give you this stat, uh, Steve. Uh, Eli with Odell, 91.5 quarterback ranking and a 66-29 touchdown to interception ratio uh, without Odell. So, Stephen, do you hear when you actually move back into the mic? We're going to keep, you know, we don't oh, add it. Oh. Is, do you hear how it changes in your headphones? Oh, okay. But uh, no, I'm not, I'm asking you yes or no. Do you hear No, it? I, I'm you so don't? intent on. Uh, yeah, just. Sh- okay. <laughs> Stay in the I'll, mic. I'll, thank you. I'll, I'll repeat this. Uh, Eli, when he has Odell in the lineup, he is uh, 66 touchdowns, 29 interceptions. This is career-wise. And a 91.5 quarterback rating. Without Odell, 14 touchdowns, 14 interceptions in a 75 uh, quarterback rating. So based on that, I think Odell is worth one and a half points on the line. Isn't it interesting? The debate is a point or a point and a half. Which is huge for a non-quarterback. That's though. the point I'm yeah. saying is yeah. if you have to question quarterback being king, in my estimate, there's about three dozen non-quarterbacks in the entire NFL that move the needle even a half a point. And I think there's less than 10 that move the needle a point or more. I think OBJ is one of them, but boy, for all the jibber and jabbering, as Mr. T would say. Grab this dude by his heels, turn him upside down, and shake all the money out of his pockets that he owed these people. For all the jibbering and jabbering, not as valuable. And the idea he wants to be the most highly paid player in the NFL, it's absurd. Not most highly paid receiver, now listen, I think negotiation 101 is sometimes you offer something so crazy but then when it gets like, you know, a third less than you asked for, it still is more than you might have got if you didn't ask, you know, so this is kind of a potential negotiation topic and I know, or tactic. I don't blame him for that, but boy, it, uh, it seems misaligned with the truth. Okay. Fez team number one, you're saying overrated, which means bet the under on the giants team number two for you, the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Overrated. I have them. As my number 22 team, Vegas has them as the number 18 team. Vegas has set their over-under at 8. And I understand it because they went 9-7. and seven. They looked pretty impressive making the playoffs in terms of the final scores. But the valuations just don't add up. They went 9-7. and seven. They got outgained by 22 points. Also, their division, they caught such a break in that they got three backup quarterbacks. They got Jacoby Brissett twice. They got the Macho Man Tom Savage once with Houston. And because of those three games, if you take those three wins out, they actually got outscored by 50 points. I think this is a team with Marcus Mariota that I know Mariota had all this potential, but he had a broken leg. Last year, he was running around with a knee brace. He had a knee injury. He had a hamstring injury. He is not going to be able, in my opinion, to keep doing it on the ground with his wheels. And because of that, and Tennessee's defense being overrated, getting to play all these backup quarterbacks, I don't see this team having a winning record. How is the new coaching staff? How are you uh, considering that? 
That's my concern. Vrabel may well be a big upgrade over Malarkey, and that might be what beats me in this bet. It's the only thing I'm worried about. I am Elma J. Foot, millionaire. I own a mansion and a yacht. Any thoughts on Tennessee? Nitty? Not just uh, Vrabel, Steve. I think you have to be worried about if you're playing Tennessee under uh, the new offensive coordinator, Lafleur. He comes from uh, McVeigh and the Rams in that tree. And also, uh, I think they upgraded their defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, you know, formerly with the Ravens and, and uh, Patriots, has a very good reputation. I expect Mariotti to, to be very much improved. Why? Because of the coaching? The better coaching, the better play calling. He's going to be healthy. And he's going to have a healthy Corey Davis. To me, the key to agreeing with Fez on this is that they made the playoffs. And it's just people, it, probably one of the worst teams to make the playoffs in the last decade, Tennessee. Agreed. And if you look at the point differential, that was certainly uh, horrible for them. You know, So it was surprising they made it. If you look at the Pythagorean or whatever, approach to scoring and versus what your project or what your record should quote unquote be. But I, I just think there's going to be a natural, you know, quarter game built in towards the over cause they made that playoff. So it's going to take a lot. I can't fathom. I would ever bet Tennessee over. Um, how's the, how's this Tennessee line move Fez? if, if, was there any point you could have got a much better line than this? No, not a nickel of movement. It has been eight the entire summer. Okay. Both of our best bets coming up in a little bit are going to be overrated teams. We're skipping those two. Now, uh, Mr. Professor Nover, you've got Green Bay, your team, that you're a specialist. Uh, NFL, you're excellent, but you know Green Bay better than anyone. You think they're overrated. You're looking to bet under. Hurts to say this coming from Wisconsin, but uh, their uh, totals lined at 10, and I, I don't see them getting double-digit wins. Uh, sure. So obviously you think if you like the under, so if the total's 10, you think they're <laughs> going to win less than 10. Why? <laughs> <laughs> and that's assuming Rodgers is going to be healthy. They just um, they, they don't have the players. Not one player made the Pro Bowl for them. They... Uh, they uh, don't have the wide receivers aside from Devontae Adams. They don't have the good guard play anymore. The secondary is just uh, full of you know players that are either too inexperienced or too old. They don't have the playmakers so to this get is, double digits. So this is back to, and we've talked about this with Green Bay for a long time, is if they didn't have Rodgers, how good would they be? And I think, Fez, the consensus has been a bottom five roster for multiple years if quarterback became a non-issue, as I like to say, if a robot, the same robot was the quarterback for every team, Green Bay's bottom five. Yeah, they might be better than Indianapolis, but that's about it. Bottom five. Okay, so in general, Green Bay is a team that gets public actions. They're football sexy because they have one of the best quarterbacks. But let's be candid. Rodgers is a year older, and he's off another major injury. I would say there's more uncertainty about Rodgers this year than any year of his career. He was, he was sacked 19 times in the first five games he played before he gets hurt. He has not curbed his style. He's very reckless, he, and, and that's part of what makes him so great, but it's also a huge injury risk compared to somebody like Drew Brees who plays a safer style of football. And if he does curb it, though, it makes him less effective. Right. So you either got to accept the injury risk at an advanced age uh, relatively advanced or a less effective player. Okay, we're three picks in under Giants, under Tennessee, under Green Bay, and then the Cleveland Browns. 
they're lined at at five and a half. Uh, that's insane. These guys uh, have won one game in the last two years. Yes, their their talent level is up. They do have some talented players, but they still don't have the right quarterback piece. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Yes, he's a huge upgrade on Deshaun Kaiser, but he's not a downfield passer. That makes their good wide receivers, you know, really reduces their effectiveness. They lost Joe Thomas. He retired. So their offensive line isn't as as good as it is. And for them to say all of a sudden you need six wins to beat you, I just don't don't see that. They also have uh, who I consider the worst coach in the NFL and Hugh Jackson. Their kicker isn't very good either. How do these guys win six games? So I don't see how you could lose this. Well, we don't want to say that, right? We're hoping to five and a half percent to use your RJ or to use your soundboard. Play the cuckoo. <laughs> you know, it's five and a half. That's, that's insane. I mean, the theory, the theory is, I mean, here's the case for Cleveland. I don't agree with it, but here's the case. They should have won, what, four games last year? You could make the case? Five. Five. And now they've gone from the worst quarterback in the league, literally, starting quarterback for sure with Kaiser, to a guy, you know, from Buffalo that, I mean... Could he be the 18th best quarterback in the NFL? He's around that area. He doesn't commit turnovers, but he doesn't throw downfield. Their well, strength is their wide receivers. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is if they should have won five last year and all those young players are a year older, they have a, two more top draft choices. What with Mayfield not really mattering as long as he's not playing, but at least one, you know, one additional high draft choice. And then, hey, when you pick early in the second round, that's a valuable pick, too. And all those players are a year older, that are young, and they got a quarterback that probably adds three or four wins. So in theory, if they should have won five last year and the quarterback adds three, they should win eight. Now, I'm not saying that, but boy, if you believe, here's the question with the Browns. If you believe the stats, then you got to like the over here. I think, once again, there's something in these stats that tell us some of the story, but not all of the story. Because year after year, we see the same teams overperform the stats, the Pats, for example, and the same teams underperform the stats, the Chargers and the Browns. And then there's a bunch of teams that each year either under or overperform. So let's assume there's 24, 26 teams that are, there's going to be, they're going to play to their stats or there's going to be a random variation. And then for some reason, there's a handful that play better and a handful that play worse. And we haven't cracked the code on why that is. But how many freaking years in the row can the Browns, the Browns, who, what team has lost wise guys the most money, Fez, uh, by far in the NFL the last couple of years? Oh, Cleveland Browns, not even close. 10 and 29 against the spread on Sunday. And, and they've been bad about what? 80% of the weeks? I think that's a very accurate number. This is to me, I gave last year I did a square thing. And and let's be candid, I do very, very few square things. But last year, about mid year, I said, I don't care what the stats say. I don't care what the wise guys say. I don't care if Fezzik's known in all five boroughs and he's got the Browns as a best bet. I am not betting the Browns. It was like this relief. There's a line in the devil's and put your hand down. I'll tell you when I'm ready. I've got to t- say this. Fez is trying to jump in is 
in Devil's Advocate, Pacino at the end says, your guilt's like a bag of bricks. Put it down. Me wanting to bet those effing Browns every week, I just put it down like a bag of bricks. I think they went 0-8 or 1-7 after I did. And I think I would have bet them almost every week. Every week when I did all my radio spots, it was, I usually would be betting the Browns here, but I actually made a personal commitment not to, a pledge, Nicholson style. And, you know, it was such a relief. Go ahead, Fez. Similar experience. I think I had one more loser than you on the Browns. I started out with the Fez math says back the Browns, but then after that loss with the Lions, catching 11 and a half when Kaiser uh, ran the quarterback. I think I might have still been in on that. <laughs> no, no, actually I wasn't, and I was like, I was watching the game, and you know, I was having that thought, like, this is the week they're going to win. Yeah. So I go from math geek actuary <laughs> to by the end of the year, I literally was like George the Animal Steel when I was talking about the Browns. All I could say was, Browns! Bad. <laughs> Boy, he's he's got guts. I give it to him. I wasn't so bad. I'm gonna let it, let that go. So here's the recap to me on the Browns, and then I've got their theme song for this season for you. <laughs> Number one, if you believe the stats, the over is a great bet. If you don't believe the stats, I think the under is a great bet. I don't believe the stats. Now I don't feel confident enough in that to bet the Browns under, I'm going to sit back and watch, but be careful guys, because a lot of quasi sharps are going to be telling you play the Browns and they're probably right. Uh, They're certainly right mathematically, but Einstein has an interesting quote that, and and I, I should actually have it and I don't, but it's some variation of math measures what it can measure, but there's certain things it can't. And I really believe these sabermetrics, everyone, if you look at the, you know, if you watch The Big Short, a great movie, or if you read the book Long Term Capital Management, it's called When Genius Fails. And that happened in 98. There's all these algorithms and all these, some of the smartest people in the world always think they got it figured out. And then after they say, you know, the, we missed those two things. And that's why we lost a trillion dollars. <laughs> and it's like, oh, but, you know, bail us out, whatever. And the reality is, I think one day we're going to look back at the Browns and say, here's why all those numbers were incomplete. They weren't wrong, but they're incomplete. Absolutely. And very hard to forecast. But what isn't hard for me, RJ, you mentioned it. All the math supports Cleveland being an eight-win team. They got the 19th best quarterback and their individual components scream eight and eight. What does that mean? If you like over, I would play over five and a half right now. I am very confident that it is likely that their season win number will go up to six by September if you like under. But you don't, you're not betting over or under on the Browns. I'm not betting on the Browns. And you got under and over. Correct. Here's your theme song. Any boy can be president, Fez, so the Browns can actually win. Who will win a championship next, Browns or Cavs? I'd take Browns. You think? Yeah. (laughs) But you might be dead before either pays. (laughs) All right, we've gone through our overrated teams, but there's two left best bets at the very end. We've got four 
over, oh no, these are the underrated teams you want to bet over on. So the teams we just went over are overrated. You want to bet under on. All right. So maybe we'll just keep it as simple as we're looking to bet over Fez on. We're going to bet on the Miami Dolphins to go over six and a half wins. I have them as my number 20 team. Las Vegas has them as the number 25 team, setting their over under at six and a half. It's all about the quarterback change here. Tannehill comes back. All reports are positive. He even had a quote. He's talking about his legs as being a weapon and possibly scrambling. This shocked me, but that's a positive buy sign. I did not like Cutler at all in his $10 million contract. So I see not only is there a big um, improvement in the Miami offense because of a better quarterback, but better team chemistry as well. And let's face it, this is a team that historically the last five years has won seven and a half games. What's their over under doing at six and a half? I like over overreaction to the six and 10 year last year and the bad stats with Jay Cutler. Hmm. A lot of numbers there all kind of blurred together. You give me, give me like 30 or, or, or 18 seconds. Why are you betting Miami over Tannehill is a better quarterback than Cutler and he has a much better locker room presence. Team will be happier. So in the market's not properly accounting for that. The market is accounting for it, but not by enough. What's your thoughts on Miami? Over. Tannehill is an improvement on Cutler, but I still um, mediocre at best quarterback. But that's not the question. The question is relative to their number. Uh, you can be the worst quarterback in the league, yeah. but be underrated. Gun to my head, I would go under with, with Miami. I, I don't like their talent. I would regard it as like a bottom six uh, roster as far as talent-wise. Okay, a little disagreement there. Fez, you like over Miami's number. Next up, the Detroit Lions you're optimistic about. I am. So we've got a team that over the last four years has won on an average nine games, RJ. So a sneaky nine-win team. I can't understand this number. Maybe you can explain it to me. They're at seven and a half. I know their division is difficult, but Matthew Stafford, he's a top 10 quarterback. I mean, some would say the second most valuable quarterback in the history of the NFL. And if he's the second most valuable quarterback, RJ, how can this team, that might be a stretch, how can this team (laughs) not be a 500 team at eight and eight? And remember, I was not a fan of Jim Caldwell at all. So I'm worried maybe Patricia isn't that good of a coach, but in terms of game management, he's got to be way better than Jim Caldwell. I think over seven half is a solid wager. So with Bill, I'm a fan of Bill Simmons and I wrote one football season for Grantland. It's last year. And, but he's a, he's a sports guy with opinions. There's two areas. I take his opinions very seriously. One is the NBA. Pretty much anything he says in the NBA, I take seriously. Don't always agree, but it matters. Number two is the Pats. He knows the Pats. He was celebrating when this DC left. So it doesn't mean he's right, but it's from the insider. Let's call him an insider with the Pats. There's some pessimism. All that said doesn't mean he's right, but I'm more inclined to think he's not a good coach because of, of, of Simmons' opinion. What's your thoughts on the lines? No opinion. You think the number's about right? Right, yes. So even with the second best quarterback in the history of the NFL, you don't like on the a point, On a point spread. Well, you yeah, have to that's clarify. What it, that's, that's, that's you didn't all clarify. It, you that's just all said second best. Uh, that's all, in <laughs> Vegas, we're in Vegas, baby. 
<laughs> I mean, you might, again, I know you love fantasy and all that, but there's just a different way. You know, this is the way we approach it. This is the business we've chosen. All right, Faz, you've got one. No, actually, we've got two from Nova and then two best bats. Okay. All right, so the Patriots. Yes. A ton of talk. And actually, let's get, I think the big question with the Patriots, in fact, I know the big question with the Patriots is all the offseason turmoil. We've got Mr. Dave Esler, who you might say, wait a minute, RJ, Dave Esler, he's the baseball guy. No, he's the baseball guy. He's the NFL guy, college football guy. This guy is a grinder. He's a worker, big time. And he grew up and spent decades in the Boston area. He knows the Pats better than any pro I think we've got on the Pats side. Fez, you're real good with him, but I put Asler right up there. And he gave us a brain dump on what he thinks is going on with his team. Well, as RJ said, yes, I've been a lifelong Patriots fan. And I've probably seen every play they've run since I I, I won't even I won't even go that far. And Yes, there's a lot of turmoil around them, and I think most of it's internally. You know, if you look on paper at this team, uh, they probably have probably far and away the most talent, uh, especially at, at, at the front than any team in the NFL. I mean, any team with, with Malcolm Mitchell and Cordero Patterson not even starting is a good team. But, yes, there's questions. There's questions about Brady. Uh, I question whether there's a Brady-Belichick respect control thing going on. If you look back at last year, they traded Garoppolo on October 7, uh, 2017, and I happen to think Garoppolo really is the second coming. A lot of people don't know that Garoppolo spent years studying Brady before the Patriots even drafted him. He, he was at Jeff Christensen's uh, school out there, who's he's schooled Aaron Rodgers and a bunch of other people, and Jeff, every time he – alludes to something or tries to correct something, he'll go, well, see how Brady does it. So, you know, Garoppolo didn't come in totally uh, unknowing to uh, what Brady was all about. And so on October, they trade Garoppolo. And then about six weeks later, you know, Belichick bans Alex Guerrero, who's Brady's uh, health guru, from the team plane, from the sidelines. And I uh, told him his office at Gillette, he could only take care of of Tom Brady. And before that, he took care of Gronk and a few others. So, you know, why does he do that? I don't know. But is is that a sign of something bigger? I believe it absolutely has to be. And then, of course, six weeks later, they're in the Super Bowl and Malcolm Butler doesn't play. And we still don't have an answer as to why or why not. And they lost that. So I just don't know what we're going to get this year. You know, there's all this talk about, do we trade Gronk? I have my opinion. You know, I think maybe they should. He hasn't played a full season since 2011. He's had back surgery at Arizona in college. He had back surgery at the NFL. He had forearm surgery. He had ACL, MCL surgery. So is he totally healthy? Uh, of course not. And if you look at how often he gets targeted, he's probably taken a bigger beating than most running backs do. So I think this whole Patriots season is going to boil down to how much they really want to win and how injury-free they stay and, and what is somewhat – of a red flag to me is the number of free agents they've actually lost this year. I mean, not many people want to go other places. Deion Lewis goes to Tennessee. Malcolm Butler goes to Tennessee. Danny Amendola 
goes to Miami. And, and obviously, he's probably not going to win anytime soon at his age in Miami. So that tells me he wanted out. But the big one here, Nate Soldier, left tackle. You know what the left tackle does. You all watch the blind side. He is a free agent. He went to the uh, Giants, being replaced by Waddle, who was a undrafted free agent back in 2013. So there's that. Then you look at their schedule. They got Houston at home, who's going to be better. They're at Jacksonville. That's a rematch of a big-time playoff game. Then they're at Detroit. That's Matt Patricia. Then they got Miami division opponent, who always plays them tough, right before a Thursday night game with the Colts. So that's going to be tough. And has Brady uh, regressed? Yes, I think he has. He missed some windows last year. Uh, and that will show up in yards after catch. And they were about 20% off what they were the previous two years there as well. So, you know, honestly don't know what's up on paper. Yes, they're going to be favored. They're going to be chalk. Uh, I wouldn't be laying it. I actually like Houston in the first week. And that's my state of the Patriots going into week one. Wowza. There's a brain dump. Esler knows his stuff. You can follow him on Twitter. Dave underscore underscore Esler. E-S-S-L-E-R. That's Dave underscore Esler. Fez, general thought. Oh, actually, this is Nova's take. So, Nova, you, he was, uh, I would say, more negative. Yes. Uh, so what what part of Esler's thoughts do you most disagree with? I just think they, they, they've had distractions, Spygate, Deflategate, whatever it is, there's always some kind of BS around them, and all they do is win more than but, 11 but wouldn't, games. Wouldn't you make the following point, that in those past experiences it was the outside and they were consolidated and, and loyal internally? It seems like there's more internal strife with the Pats than we've ever seen. Cons- Brady and Belichick are consummate pros. They're they're going to have one last hurrah. They're going to be tremendously motivated to win a Super Bowl after losing it last year. They've won eleven or more games in the last eight years. I see them, you know, winning at least eleven again this year. They're going to be favored in every one of their games except maybe not in Week 15 when they go to Pittsburgh. Now, Brady, you've got worth nine points, and that's massive, but. That's only the twelfth best, and but I actually think that might be too high, just because the backup's so good. I consider Hoyer to be right there as the twenty fifth best quarterback in the NFL. I think he'd be better than multiple other starters, especially with Belichick under Belichick. He so, gets the best. So how's that? So you must still be super high on Brady, considering how good the backup is, and you think. I mean, because if you think about Jimmy G, once things settled down and he started playing a little good, and remember, this is pre the five games at the end of the year in which Jimmy G uh, won Fez's heart. I love Jimmy G. But in that, <laughs> even before that, it was only about a four or five point adjustment. I think Hoyer's considered as good right now as Jimmy G was then. But you got Brady worth just so much more. Is this pessimism about Hoyer, optimism about Brady? No, both. I, I like Brady a, a lot. I still think he's a top three quarterback. I and I like so right now like this Hoyer. year top three. Okay, and that's interesting. Where he's only twelve on the list because of how good yes. the backup is. Y- yes, I, I mean if you're going to go over on these big numbers with these teams, you better be covered at the backup quarterback spot. Packers were a perfect example of that uh, last year, and they have the backup. Hoyer is a veteran; he'll play well for Belichick. Top point or two on the Pats, fast. Well, I love Dave's breakdown overall. He did a great job. And my one concern about playing over the 11.5, and 11.5 is the prevailing number right now, is this is the weakest division I've ever seen. I saw the Patriots are a 15-1 to favorite 
to win this division. So what's going to happen is you could well be on track to winning your over. And then the last two weeks, they've wrapped up the division and they're not playing for anything in terms of playoff seating. And you might lose just because of a bad beat that way. Well, that that's hard to believe, though, because they have to play for home field the entire way. And it depends where they're at versus Pittsburgh. There's no other. Yeah, but, but hold on. You're never going to be at 11 wins and locked up home field. Agreed. That's a good so, point. So, but you were, you're a hundred percent right with this being the Bozo division of, of all of football. I mean, they, they just throw their hat, their helmets out in the, on the field. They've got six wins and they could be at 11 wins and, and basically staring at the number two seed. And remember the history of Miami hosting new England. And we saw it recently. Isn't great. Isn't great for new England, but you're not six wins, but you're right. It, it's a, I agree. It's not a good division other than the Pats. But you can't look at New England going to Miami as any easy win. The history tells us, for whatever reason. And there, I, like I said, what was Steve's point on Miami? I'm not as high on the Dolphins as Steve is. I don't think they have a very talented roster. Their strength of schedule, New England. To to your point with that division, that is arguably the easiest schedule in the NFL. It's really close. I'm going to be finalizing my numbers within two weeks in terms of my strength of schedule full analysis. Last pick from Nova before our two best bets. You've got a team you're playing over the total on the Philadelphia Eagles. So you've got the most pedigree team in the NFL, New England, over (laughs) you and all the fanny packs. And now you've got the Super Bowl champions over. Make the case. It was between the Eagles and the the Texans. I also like them over. But I, I decided then to talk about the Eagles. It's so rare to find a complete team in the NFL these days. It's, it's, you know, it's still parody. And the Eagles are that complete team. They, they really, they don't have a major weakness anywhere. Their defense gets back a linebacker, John Hicks, and, and cornerback, Sidney Jones. These could be special players. So their defense could even be better. Uh, Wentz uh, is a monster, and he's covered with Nick Foles until then. So is he more of a monster than Cam Newton? I guess I'm overusing that word. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I just, they're so above average at so many spots. Steve, there's not try, a, try to stay on the mic. They're not a serious contender in that division there. So you're saying there's not a serious contender with the Cowboys? I, I don't, I consider the Cowboys a level behind the Eagles. Well, yeah, but it doesn't, if you think the Eagles are one of the, I'm guessing three or four best teams in the NFL, right? Yes. So you think Cowboys are a top 10 team? Mm. Close. Yeah, 10 to 12 in there. The, uh, to me, here's why I like Philadelphia. I think there's a sense they got lucky last year, and they did with Foles playing so well. But, you know, the guys from the ringer have really opened my eyes on a concept, which is there's two ways to win in the NFL right now. Way number one is you have a veteran elite quarterback. You pay him a ton. You have to. Right. And it could be Brady. I mean, he takes a little bit less. It could be Big Ben, whomever. Go down the list. And then you've got with your other finite amount of money to put together a decent team. Or. You've got a rookie contract quarterback, so first contract quarterback, who's good, and then you get to spend all your money on cornerbacks or whatever. And the Rams are a good example of this. Now, I don't think Goff is an elite quarterback. If you look at his third down, but he's certainly an average quarterback at worst right now, if last year's representative. And look at all the money they have. Philadelphia is the only team that has a first contract quarterback that's clearly elite. And we can debate 
here's what I know. He was on pace to win the MVP Wentz. Let's say he's the seventh best quarterback. I think he's probably better if his injury is fine. But as the seventh best quarterback, you've got that on a rookie deal and a bunch of money to spend. And I think that the Eagles could be clearly the best team. And Fez, I mean, when you look at the odds, when you look at the power ratings, they're in that second tier, but there's not even behind the pats. There's not even any sense they're the best team in the second tier, though, right? The market puts Philly as the third best team in the NFL. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the number two team. You know, I tend to agree with, I mean, you think backing the Super Bowl champion feels pretty recreational, but I agree with you, Nova. I, I feel like they're just, I think there's a sense they got lucky. If anything, you should be thinking, hey, they won with their backup quarterback. Exactly. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, other than quarterback, are they a better team this year? Or I know, I mean, obviously all teams lose some people, but they pick people up too. I mean, would we, I mean, not to split hairs, but is it safe to say the Eagles, other than quarterback, haven't gotten worse? That's true. They've kept most of their players, and they add those two key defensive players I mentioned. Right? Would you agree with that, Faz? Absolutely. So you got a so other than when the uncertainty with Wentz's health, which I think is a small uncertainty, there's an upgrade at quarterback. They're at least as good as they were otherwise. Maybe even a little upgrade. But in this team, but this team is not is behind the Steelers. I get Pittsburgh's a public team. Boy, I think uh, the Eagles are. Being disrespected here, and I know there. You know, one of the things we talked about on Straight Out of Vegas was concerns about the, co- the coaching staff. They got thinned out a little bit, but it feels like they made some hires that at least should handle that. All right, we've got best bets left. Before that, the shortest commercial break. I mean, we're talking. I think it's going to be 117 seconds. Now, sometimes I'll tell you a story, but. We've got the story with Quip, Q-U-I-P, down. Is This is a electronic toothbrush. It was on Oprah's O-List. Now listen, Oprah, remember what Letterman said about Oprah, is she's serious. When you get something on there, it's very meaningful. This is the perfect storm when it comes to quality care for your teeth at a good Price. I mean, I'm sure if you want to spend $500 or stuff out there as good, maybe it's got little colors, lights up and all this. But as we said, you need an electronic brush. And you might think, well, it's cheaper just to get that one brush up at CVS or whatever. But here's what the dentist will tell you. If you brush manually, you either brush too hard sometimes, which means you're going to lose your gums. Or you don't brush hard enough and you lose your teeth. So you got three choices, lose your gums, lose your teeth, or get Quip, or spend a bunch of money. You got four choices. I think Quip's the best. So here's the call to action. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com, so that's G-T-Q-U-I-P.com, slash, so another URL, RJ Dream, all one word, RJ Dream. Right now, right now, you'll get the first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. And that's the thing. It's the brush, but then it's having a nice, fresh brush head. Because once it wears down, like imagine you have sandpaper, and you're trying to clean something, but the sandpaper's all worn down. 
You're just rubbing and rubbing futilely. It's like, uh, who was that dude that rolled the rock up the hill and it would keep rolling back? Sisyphus? There, Fez coming through. Wow, that's so strong. Coming through with the, the, I mean, you ask him a nerdy question, he's on it. Jeopardy. He, he is on that's it. A, yeah. All right. So in this case, so you don't have to worry about that, that futility, that mythical futility, because you get the first refill pack free. You go to getquip.com slash RJ Dream. Lastly, true car. If you're looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP. You might even know what it stands for. Best bets in one minute. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice list price, dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. The nitty professor might have a stack of papers he wouldn't know. It'd be like, what's MSRP? Go, well, I think I got it here. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing true price from true car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories. Before you even go to the dealership, true car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of your couch. And how do you know if true price is a great price? Because true car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so you can win your business. Think you can win as a better, but they want to win you. That means you've got the edge, especially with the knowledge of true price from true car. So when you're ready to buy a new used car, visit true car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. If it is, take advantage. All right, guys, little announcement and then best bets. We are going to take next week off. Fez is on his third vacation of the summer. Is that fair to say, Fez? Yes. Yeah, it's nice. Hey, listen, Elmer J. Fudd, millionaire. To be fair, this next week with the baseball all-star you, break. You know, if you just would have said yes, it would have been a lot better. Yes. But go ahead. No, but you started. I would say two-thirds of the professional betters and handicappers of the world take the week of the MLB All-Star game off. Okay, and did they t- all, the, the two prior weeks this month you, you took off, did they take them off there? Not so much. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> Brad just nodding. Like, I'm streaming spring games, baby. <laughs> I read nine newspapers a day. Brad Powers, the fella with all the college knowledge. Brad Powers. Okay, but here's what we're going to do. On Wednesday, when we usually come out, I have a special interview with John Kincaid. Now, John Kincaid, yeah, should I do that one? Or I've got another one with a, a hardcore handicapping guy. You know, I think I'm going to do the hardcore handicapping guy. What's that fellow's name? He used to be with Malinsky. We did a long interview. Uh, he's the boxing guy. Arnie Lang. Arnie Lang. I did like yeah. two hours a while back with Arnie Lang, and I've been waiting oh. where to spring it. Oh, he's a fascinating guest. There we go. He, he finally perks up. Yeah. Tout, tout Encyclopedia Arnie. knowledge. Yeah. So what I'll do is, is uh, I'll have Kincaid before the football season starts. But with Lang, this is really, I mean, listen, if it's the middle of July, this is the time to be hardcore looking at your handicapping approach because you've got the time and energy. So for the 18th, usually Wednesday the 18th, you'd have a fresh dream preview. One time this year, it's going to not be. Now, I'm going to still be in Vegas working. I don't take vacation like Fez. But 
We're going to do that. And then the week after, we'll be back probably with our college football preview. So we'll do the same kind of thing. And we'll actually have Maddie Holt in the queue to join us. And uh, if Fez is back from vacation and if he's not sleepy, we'll have Fez jump in. You think you'll be up for it? Like, you're stri- I mean, it's like nine o'clock and you're, you've been telling us how tired you are. And we just talked about how I can go 12 hours playing poker and not get tired. Not 12. You said an, all night. Yeah. I, yeah. It's kind of when he kind of says it in that husky voice about him going all night and then he's crying because it's, it's 20 after nine. I just got one response. Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Buy up your pad and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind. All right, Faz. Redemption time, baby. Best bet. I like it. Oakland Raiders are overvalued. I'm playing them under anywhere from eight to eight and a half. There are. Yes, there are some eight and a halves out there. They are my number 20 two team their vegas's number 18 team why is oakland so overvalued they're sexy they got so many sexy parts the gruden factor which we all believe that john gruden's going to be about an average coach nothing better than that and he's sexy though and that derives money they're vegas's team everyone in vegas is looking to bet on this team bet on their team similar to the golden knights car they're and let's talk about this objectively since the announcement the amount of action on the Raiders in Nevada has gone through the roof. So this isn't some theory. This is absolutely a fact. Absolutely. Their quarterback is sexy car. As Steven Nover would say, he's a monster. People think that he's an absolute <laughs> top that 10 was pretty good. quarterback. Never <laughs> mind. He had three bones broken in his back last year. Came back too early. Was never the same. How healthy is he going to be? And look at the wide receivers. That was sexy. You had Crabtree. You had Cooper. Both dudes were catching over 1,000 yards in 2016. Both had much worse years in 2017. Cooper started dropping the ball left and right. Crabtree has moved on to Baltimore. And now we bring in Jordy Nelson. We bring in Martavis Bryant. So these sexy wide receivers, I got to tell you, RJ, I don't know if any of them are going to be any good. Fez came through. I mean, he must have been like Ali, remember, and Zaire. Was he, was, he was ropadoping. Yeah, us. he was ropadoping. Under Raiders, what's the current number? Current number is eight to eight and a half. It's worth about. Well, hold on, hold on. Eight to eight and a half. What's the freaking number? Sixty-five percent of the books have eight. Thirty-five percent have eight and a half. And at eight and a half, how much are you laying under? I saw minus one thirty-five under eight and a half. At under eight, RJ, you can get plus a dollar fifteen. Mathematically, those are about equivalent. Buying, about 50 to 60 cents is a half a game in the NFL. I'd say 50 cents exactly if you want to buy. I, I like calling it buying a half game. All right. So think about the money line. If you're going under eight and a half, you're going to lay some extra juice. If you're going under eight, you're going to have a plus money payout. If you have a choice, it's about a 50 cent adjustment. So shop accordingly. All right. Second best bet. Nitty Professor. The Bills under. I like them under six and a half. I like them under six. There's Now, we just today, and this the nice thing about this pod, this pod's valid all the way up, uh, you know, till we were going to do another update here right before the seat or another preview before the season. But McCoy is getting a lot of attention for, and I haven't read all through it, but it looks like some serious potential criminal stuff. So let's say we don't know the effect of that yet. Right. How much is McCoy worth? point a point so he's one of those guys and how much i mean fez what's a point 
let's assume he's out for the whole year. And again, we're just guessing right now. If he's out for the whole year and you have a point per game, how much, how much is that on the season win? So in theory, it's 16 points throughout a season. I mean, how, how do you calculate I think that? 16 points. I think 20 points would be probably one win. So it's probably worth almost like, they'll call it three quarters of a point, RJ. Three quarters of a win. Of a win. Excuse me. Thank okay. You. So let's handicap it based upon the current numbers without the McC- any McCoy adjustment. And then assuming there's a McCoy adjustment, you're still going to like it. It's just all relative because McCoy's not the reason you don't like M- Buffalo. M- McCoy... Uh- had his least productive season uh, as yards per, per carry. So he's on the downswing. But again, you're right. I don't like Buffalo's quarterbacks. They lost three members of their offensive line. They've, their wide receivers are terrible. Their defense is, is below average. And their schedule, the way it lays out, they have five of their first seven games on the road. And then game number eight at home is against the Patriots. I could see them opening 0-7, or excuse me, 1-7 or 0-8. Then they turn to Josh Allen and that's the end of them. So I, I see that as a possible, as a real scenario for the Bills. All right. And you told me a couple weeks ago, and I just want to make sure you've got this straight. In your power ratings, Stephen Nover, you've got the Bills as the worst team in the NFL. I think they're the worst team, yes. Wow. Where do you got the Bills, Fez? I've just made an adjustment. They're 31st now after the uncertainty of the McCoy information. So I dropped them. Only the Jets are worse right now. All right, guys. NFL preview. Remember, tons of stuff in the pregame.com forum, Twitter, all of it. Next week, deep dive handicapping interview. Week after, we're planning the college football preview. Now, if somehow big news breaks in another sport or something more topical, we'll push out a week. But we'll be back the Wednesday after this upcoming Wednesday, no matter what, with a fresh dream preview. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.